You've been listening to the weekly sermon from the Vine Church in Madison, Wisconsin, a spirit-filled family that makes disciples and plants churches among neighbors and nations through declaration and demonstration. For more information and service times, check out our website at www.thevinemadison.org. In a few weeks after our vision series, we'll continue with the book of Matthew in chapter 8. But to, uh, this morning, we're focusing on the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And what does Jesus say? What does Jesus say? And today, I want to focus on this text as it applies to our sending of Eastside Church. Okay? This is our desire for Eastside Church today as we formally send you out. Look at Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 24. Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 24. Listen to what Jesus says to all those who would participate in his kingdom. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Let's look back at verse 24. Everyone who hears these words of mine. Now Jesus in the immediate context is thinking of all that he said in the Sermon on the Mount. Have have you been listening? The Beatitudes. Do not worry. What does it mean to have an adulterous heart? What does it mean to have a murderous heart? What does it mean to have a a lustful heart? All the things that we've been learning in the last few months. But I think we can extrapolate out from that and just obviously believe that Jesus is saying here, if you're willing to listen to anything that he has to say throughout the Gospels and the whole of the Bible. And that's what I want to focus on this morning. Look at what he says. He says, everyone then who hears, hears. He says it again in verse 26. Everyone who hears these words. This is God's assumption of his people, Old and New Testament. This is God's assumption for his people, cover to cover of the Bible. He says to his people, listen, listen. Are you willing to hear? I wish I had more time to like just show you this from Genesis to Revelation. But over and over and over again, God calls his people to be a listening people. Jesus says it all the time if you just read through the Gospels. If you have ears to hear, like if you're willing to listen, listen up. Are you willing to listen? In some sense, I just feel like God boils down true obedience to listening. Are you willing to listen? Are you listening? Can you hear what I'm saying? Now, there's listening and then there's listening, okay? So there's listening like 
Sound waves pass through the air. They hit my eardrum. That, that connects to my brain somehow. And I interpret that in language. And I hear what you're saying. But it does nothing to my heart. But then there's real biblical listening where all that same stuff happens scientifically. But then it, it moves from your head to your heart. And your heart explodes with some type of a response. Some kind of feeling, some kind of resonance. And this always, biblically speaking, discipleship speaking, always leads to doing. Look at verse 24 again. See that connection? Everyone who hears these words of mine and what? And forgets them? No. And is apathetic towards them? No. Everyone who hears and does. It's not just hearing, it's hearing and doing. Hearing plus doing. And Jesus says, <clears throat> if you're willing, Eastside Church, if you're willing to listen like that, to hear like that, it's going to be like something. And Jesus is so good with his metaphors. It's going to be like something. What does it say? Look at verse 24. You're going to be like a wise person, so you're going to have wisdom. I'm not going to talk about this. It's hitting me in the moment. Listening to Jesus is equated with wisdom. But here's what I want to focus on. In addition to being wise, you're going to be a wise builder. You're going to know how to build in the right place, in the right way. You're going to be building on the rock. You're going to be building on something solid, right? Now, this really hit home for me. As I was reading this this week and thinking about my experience as a homeowner in the last few years. So we just recently moved. <clears throat> and in our last house, we moved in about seven years ago. And I went to Home Depot and bought one of those like prefab sheds, like made out of plastic. It's all prefab. You just follow the directions, put it together. But one of the things you have to have with your shed is a foundation. My man Chris here helped me uh, put it together. But I don't know if he was around when I did the foundation. I probably should have listened to him because he probably would have known what he was doing. But I thought I knew what I, what I was doing. And you know what? I was like, I'll just put this together. It'll be fine. I'll build a foundation. And so I just slapped something together as quick as I could. And I, I was lazy, I was impatient, I just wanted to get this thing in place so we could put our stuff in there and move on to the next project, right? New house, tons of stuff to do, I don't have time to slow down and do it right, right? Well, that's not good. If you don't build a, a good foundation, that's going to create some problems, right? Over time, my shed started to get a little, little messed up, a little wonky, so much so that it started to shift. Like if the doors were like this, the doors over time started to go like this. And if you're trying to open those doors and get your lawnmower out, that's a problem, right? Because it was far from being square. Now this was a very poor building choice on my part. To not do the foundation correctly. Just to be lazy and impatient and just throw something on the ground and hope that it works out. Now, here's the deal. Here's how this connects to our text. If th this probably would have been fine in a different kind of environment. So I used to live in Albuquerque. In Albuquerque, they don't get much rain. 
right? It's just dry, 300 sunny days a year. Probably would have been to- totally fine to just throw down that, that, that hodgepodge foundation. Why is that? Can you think of why that would be? Because they don't get much rain. And a poor foundation might not be that big of a deal. Why would that be? What does rain have to do with a building's foundation? Matt, I know you know. What does water do? Water creates chaos at times, right? Water creates chaos. Water moves things around. The, the, the force of moving water can be terrifying at times. A huge rainstorm. I got, the, I got the weather alert on my phone this morning about the rain we just had. There's a warning because a big storm can be dangerous at times. <clears throat> water that falls from the sky makes the ground on which we stand kind of squishy, right? It, it moves it around. It's not very solid. So due to all the rain we get here in Madison in the summer, when I built my little shed on a, on a really lazy and dumb foundation, that shed got all messed up because the ground is moving because of water. It gets wet. It gets dry. It freezes. It gets hot. So guess what I did when I moved into our new house a few weeks ago? And I had to build a new foundation for our shed that we moved over there. Guess what I did? I listened. I listened to myself. I listened to the wisdom of building contractors that know what they're doing, right? I listened to that voice in my head that said, okay, don't do it like you did last time. That's not going to work out well. It was quick and easy, but the results were not good. See, the right way is going to take longer. It's going to be more costly, but that shed's going to be solid. That shed's going to be solid. So I listened to that voice in my head. I listened to guys on YouTube who told me how to do it, that have more experience than me. And I went out there in that 90-degree heat and humidity and mosquitoes, and I got my big bags of concrete, and I did it right. Okay? And, man, we've got a lot of rain this summer. My shed is doing great. Those doors look nice. Right? Shed's not going anywhere. Well, I bet you can guess what that has to do with our text, right? What Jesus is saying, Eastside Church, Vine Church, what voice are you going to listen to? What voice are you going to listen to? See, there's a voice that will say, nah, just go ahead and build however you want. It's going to be fine. Take the easier way. Take the lazy way. Who cares? It's going to be fine. It's never going to rain. It's not going to rain. The weather's going to always be fine. Don't sweat it. Water? What, what water? But look at the next sentence. Verse 25. Jesus does not agree with that voice. He says the foundation matters. It matters a lot. Look at verse 25. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. So Eastside Church, look at me. Chalk it up as a promise from Jesus. 
There are going to be storms in your life. There's going to be storms individually. And there's going to be storms collectively as a church. What did Jesus say? He said, in this world you will have trouble. Take heart. I have overcome the world. John 16, 33. It's just a promise. Doesn't have to be morbid. It's, it's just a promise. This is how this world is right now. You will have storms in your life. Storms in your church. The people that say it's not going to rain, don't worry about the right foundation, those people are liars. They don't know Jesus. They don't know his word. But according to Jesus, lots of rain falls. And it creates floods and winds that, that are not just like a nice, gentle breeze. These winds, what does it say? They beat on that house. That's an intense wind. That's wind that will send you to the basement. See, this is a dramatic, purposeful weather metaphor from Jesus. He doesn't want us to be naive. He wants to tell us how it is. He's telling us the truth. That's what's most loving. And, and we've all seen what flooding can do. There are storms coming in your life that will feel Violent. I remember it as a 20-something, you know, just kind of thinking arrogantly, you know, is life really that hard? I mean, come on. And you fast forward two de decades later, and I have a different perspective. There are things that God will call us to walk through that will take your breath away. That will rip your heart out. Where you'll cry your eyes out. Where you'll be up all night, sleepless nights from the stress. Things that will test your faith and make you wonder if you are willing to continue. Like this is real life. See, you live long enough and you'll see these storms that Jesus is talking about. Verse 25. Rains that beat against your house. Water that comes into your backyard so that the doors of your life are tempted to be crooked. It's just a matter of time for you individually, for you as a church, Eastside Church. Don't say that Jesus didn't warn you. Don't be surprised when it comes. It's coming. But here, be careful. This is no, this is no doom and gloom message. It's an honest message, but it's never doom and gloom. Take heart. See, it's, it's tempting at times to be fatalistic, but Jesus doesn't allow that, right? He says, take heart. If you're willing to listen and do, listening like doing, he says, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. It's a promise. Again, it's a promise that it's coming, but if you're willing to listen, the promise is you're going to make it. Look at what it says. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house. That's scary, but what? It did not fall. That's encouragement from Jesus. Because it had been founded on the rock. Now listen. Listen to what Jesus says. He says there's a one-to-one -one connection from Jesus between listening and enduring. You see that? Let me say that again. It's just... This is what Jesus says. There's a one-to-one -one connection between your listening 
doing and enduring. See, th this is our deep hope. This is our deep hope for Eastside Church this morning. This is our deep hope. My desire, our desire for Eastside Church and the Vine Church and Redeemer City Church is that all of us would be listening people so that we can be enduring people in the storm. That's what Jesus is saying here, right? He's saying if you want to be strong, if you want to last, if you want to not fear that the whole house is going to collapse upon you, just do this. Just listen. Just listen in a way that compels you to act. Just listen. He says, I've got you. My word's going to sustain you. My words will remind you that you have the Holy Spirit. My words will remind you that no one can snatch you out of my hand. My words will remind you that there's no condemnation. Like Brian reminded us this morning, Romans 8, there's no condemnation for those in Christ. My words will remind you that I go to prepare a place for you. My words will remind you that apart from me, you can do nothing. My words will remind you that, that no eye has seen, no ear has heard what the Lord has prepared for those who love him. My word will remind you. That he who did not give his own son, but gave him up for us all, will he not graciously give us all things? That's a big all, right? See, this is the foundation. The promises of God that you hear, listen to, believe, and build your life on so that nothing can touch you. You with me? Look at verse 26. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man. So now you feel the contrast, right? Be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell and great was the fall of it. So you can feel this contrast that Jesus is setting up, right? And here's just simply what the one thing I want you to see here. The word that Jesus uses about the fall of the house. Jesus says it's not a small fall. It's not a medium fall. Now, what does it say? Look at it. it. And great was the fall of it. You don't want to experience that. And Jesus says you don't have to. You don't have to. Listen. He says, listen. Are you willing to hear and put into action? Listen. So two implications, and then we'll be done. What are the implications for Eastside Church, for our desire for you from this text? Two things. Number one, humility. Number two, the Word of God. Number one, humility. Number two, the Word of God. Think about your life. Think about people that you know in your life. Think about people that you know in your life that are really good listeners. They listen well. My guess is most of those people you would probably also classify as humble. Think of a few people like that in your, in your life right now. Usually listening people are humble people. See, see, prideful people have to talk all the time. It's because they're all about 
themselves and their words. They've got it all together. They need to let everyone know about it. So why would they need to listen to anybody, right? They got the answers. They got the resources. They have the wisdom. But see, humble people, they're aware of their need. They don't have the adequate answers. They don't have the adequate resources. They don't have the adequate wisdom. But they know, love, and trust the one who does. So when he speaks, they have a desire to listen. There's a void in my understanding, God. There's a, there's a void in my ability, God. There's a void in my character, God. But, but I know that you can fill that, so I'm willing to listen. So we listen to Jesus. We listen to his word. Humble people are willing to listen. This is just another way to say our desire for Eastside Church. See, if you pursue humble listening to God around every turn and corner, biblically speaking, it's hard to screw it up. See, God promises to lift up those who are humbly listening. 1 Peter 5, 5. He promises to build a solid foundation under those who humbly listen to him and, and don't assume they have it all together. I got this. I can build this foundation however I want. doesn't work out that way. So humility is so close to the heart of this text. Humble people listen. Humble people are lifted up by God. Humble people are sustained. We want that for Eastside Church. And then secondly, a final assumption for people who are humbly listening people so that they're going to, um, so they're going to act is that they make the word of God central. They make the word of God central. Now, I know this is nothing new. Let me just remind you. Listening to Jesus means being passionate about God's word. He said the whole Bible is about him. Listen to what 2 Timothy 3.16 says. All scripture is breathed out by God. And it's profitable. Meaning there's going to be gain for you. There's going to be profit for you. For what? For teaching. For reproof. For correction. For training in righteousness. That the man or woman of God may be complete. Equipped. That, that word equipped connects to what Jesus said in his metaphor, you're going to hear and you're going to do. Well, if you're going to do something, you've got to be equipped to do it. And, 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 and Paul says here to Timothy, man, if you just listen to God's word, you're going to be equipped for every good work. See, the Bible is God's word to us in the world today. And this text says he's going to equip you, equipped You'll have the gear that you need to survive in every circumstance. That's what this says. So, so our desire is that you would make the word of God central. And it will teach you and lead you to be a church that simply, just simply does the normal stuff of following God. That makes church life beautiful and sustainable. So Eastside Church, I know based on your listening, you're going to be a church that ferociously prays to God.
And you're going to be a church that's passionately loving each other because you're listening. You're going to be a church that's practicing honest repentance and forgiveness because you're listening to God's word. You're, you're going to be willing to serve one another in ways that the world doesn't understand and might think is kind of weird. You're, you're going to be boldly sharing your faith as we see people doing all over the book of Acts as an outpouring of being filled with the Spirit. See, Eastside Church, be encouraged. We already see you doing this. There's evidence of the Spirit and you listening to God's Word all over your church already. So here's what we say. Keep going. Just keep doing it. You should be profoundly encouraged. You're already doing it. Keep going. Keep going. Don't give up. Keep going. The promise this morning is that as you commit to be humble, listening people such that you listen and do, you, you can't screw it up. God is very pleased with you. As you listen to him, simply repent when you fail and return to the truth of the gospel and all that it implies for your life. So I just want to say, may Eastside Church be sent this morning with one overarching emotion, joy. Joy. See, the vine sends you with all of our joy, knowing that it's way more blessed to give than receive. That's a biblical promise. Vine Church, did you hear that? It's more blessed to give than receive. I, my vision for our church is that we'll always be givers, senders, because we believe the promise. It's more blessed to give than receive. We want, we want to be blessed. God, thank you that you told us this. And, and, and Eastside Church, hear this. Vine Church, hear this. We know this is not a goodbye as much as a continuation of joining together to see God's work be built upon a sure foundation in Madison and among the nations. For as long as God grants us, right? For the, for the glory of God and for the joy of the peoples in Madison that have yet to know him. This is what we're all about. So in light of that, we send with joy. We send with blessing. We send with thankfulness. We send with expectation of what God has been doing for all of church history. Just open up the book of Acts and check it out. And we expect those things among us as well. Amen. Man, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. And I pray that it would be made manifest among Eastside Church, among the Vine Church, among Redeemer City Church, and every church in this city, in the state, in our country, in the world that names you as Lord. May it be so that we're humble, listening people such that our lives look different for the sake of having endurance, a sure foundation. We know that you promised to make it beautiful. Would you do that among us? In Jesus' name, amen.